0: Week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here, as always, with the now Tasmania-chained Jake Eisenberg. We're back, baby. A few weeks good. in now, Jake. How's it going?
1: Going good, man. Surf's pumping. So, yeah, man. Waves are good. Celtics are good.
0: Life's good. That's fucking wonderful, mate. <laughs> and with us, as always, is the slightly slow starter to the week, this week, Matt Beatty. Yeah, it was oh. it was
2: a bit of a big weekend, and today <laughs> was not super productive. I, I managed to catch a little bit of NBA on the plus side, which which was good as I was oh, licking my wounds. But yeah, great to be here,
0: fellas. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> well, how are you, Joshy? Yeah, I'm good. Well, thank you for asking, mate. <laughs> I that know, doesn't happen so I, too often. I know
1: the host is it's it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. But um, how are
0: you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm good. All right, well, that's
1: why we don't ask. That's all we got.
0: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good. Let's kick in. Um, Why don't we start with our favorite and only segment here on Backdoor Cut, the rose gold moment of the week where we celebrate anything to do with Australian hoops, home or abroad. Rose gold, of course, a reference to the Australia boomers, huge third place finish at the last Olympics. Here we are, awarding another recipient. Who is it this week? None other than the Phoenix Suns, Jock Landale. Big minutes playing this week with Aiton down and out. He's injured. The Suns need a big man. They need a big man who's capable, spotting up, shooting, switching. Aiton's filling in. He's doing well. Uh, Sorry, not Aiton. Uh, Landale's, Landale's in. Landale's in. Jock o'clock. Jock o'clock for Aiton. Um, yeah, he's doing great. What, what did he get against uh, the Kings the other day? 17, 6, and 3. We'll take that from a backup oh. big.
1: Mate, Chris, look, I hadn't really thought about it until I was watching that game, and I was like, this was an underrated spot, just purely for the fact that he gets to play with the point guard. Like... You're going to have all this tape of Jock. Jock's great on the roll, man. Soft hands. He can give you a little mid-range floater, lay it up. Um, that's all you need from your big man, right? Just be solid. Your backup big just needs to be capable of catching stuff around the easy baskets. Get at the odd offensive rebound battle. Um, big. It was a loss. Big game. but uh, And then personally, I enjoyed Jock's minutes against the Philadelphia 76ers pushing the Sixers further and further away from the two seed. I'd appreciate that a lot, Jock.
0: (laughs) I bet you do. Uh Um, He didn't play huge minutes in that game against the Sixers. I think it was 13 all in all. Although these were minutes against Joel Embiid himself, which is not something Jock would normally get when DeAndre Ayton's around. So fantastic experience, no doubt about that. Um, and you know, Jock's going to be rolling straight into the playoffs with minutes under his belt, ready to go. He might actually contribute.
2: I have, I have no doubt we'll get a, a couple of Lendl moments in the playoffs. I, I think yeah. I think it's it's clear that he. I mean, he's he's definitely a part of this rotation. It's crazy because this time last year, I feel like he was kind of on the end of the bench at San Antonio, and then whether that was a little bit of pop's rookie treatment or whatever you want to put that down to but the change of scenery this year in phoenix has been great obviously monty williams trusts him and and he's got he's definitely carved out a role in 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 that rotation and and agree with you jake like to to be able to to play alongside chris paul and Devin booker as well you've got two great backcourt players there that are going to take the heat off you and, and you just got to make your shots when it comes to you and, and I think he's a great decision maker as well when he's got the ball in his hands if it's if it's like you said on the roll, if he's got a pass or if he's got to shoot it or, or what that looks like I, I do think that he's just he's just a, a good solid player and, and that's how he's managed to carve out this role so far this season with Phoenix.
0: Yeah, on the offensive end, like the guy is very comfortable. It's mm-hmm. pretty clear uh, by this point, as you say, Jake. He's got the moves down low. He can hit the short game. He can play the pick and roll. He can hit a three if he's got the time and space. Um, it's he can't really hit just a three. he can hit a three. It's really just the the defensive end where, like, you can actively exploit chalk. and that will come in time. He, as Beatty just said, he only played pop rookie minutes for the Spurs last year and now has been thrust onto a title contender in the Phoenix Suns. So who knows? Maybe with a little bit of seasoning, that Aussie toughness will come in and he'll figure it out. But one half of the ball, he's doing really well at the moment. And that's about as much as we can ask. I I think another
2: good side note as well is another example of an NBL guy who made the transition directly like he was a star for Melbourne United. His, his last season here before he made the switch, and and you know two years down the track, he's he's an NBA player, a well well and truly established NBA player. So that's it's a testament to to the good work that's happening domestically here that we can have guys, and, and as we've seen more recently with Xavier Cook as well. Hopefully he can he can do similar, but it's it's great to see that.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent segue there, Matthew Beatty, because he's another another NBL guy who's made his way back to the NBA and contributing in a big way, Matt Della Vidova. You love to From see that, it. The GOAT. Deli. Love to see it. From Let's that very go. same Melbourne team, Delhi has made his way over to the Sacramento Kings this year and we've joked about it and harped on about it throughout the year. But, like, straight up, the guy is really helping this team, whether it's in more of a locker room sense than it is on the court. It doesn't really matter. Like... He's providing a hugely valuable veteran presence. And we were treated this week to seeing him wear this massive gold chain that the Sacramento Kings, as part of their ongoing symbolism this year with this, that, and whatever, give to their their defensive player of the game. And he was there in the post-match press conference, huge gold chain around his neck. And it's just a great look. You know, we want more.
1: Look, if you want some good good Aussie rose gold vibes, go to this, find this picture on Twitter and read the comments and you're going to find great comments as the original curry stopper, obvious Cavs legend, various fans know all about him. And that's when Kings fans stop being cute. You love hey, to see it, man.
0: And Jake, you made a great point off mic just before we started recording. It's entirely possible that Delhi will have another <laughs> girl at Steph this very off season. The Beam Team,
1: Delhi man, that's how it goes.
0: That's how it goes. Anyway, Rose Gold this week. Congrats, Jock Landale. Big honourable mention. Shout out to Matt Della Vedova. We
1: wanted to give it to you, Delhi, but look, the body of work for Jock. I think we had to give it to
2: him. The, the numbers
0: don't lie. quite
2: pop off the screen the same, but yeah. it, the sentiment is the same. Though. Exactly. Admittedly,
0: we set the bar a lot lower for Delhi. He only has to hit some. <laughs> very achievable check boxes and he's right there on the list. Well
2: that's that's what you do for legends. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. You know? Exactly.
2: That, like if Le- he's never been a box score guy anyway. Come on now.
0: Exactly. No, 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 no.
1: You got to watch you got to listen to the post game comments. Like it's a it's a vibe. It's a cultural aura that he provides. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is like it is a great story as well though. Again, yeah. to make that transition to 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 play a full season back in the NBL. I think we all thought that his NBA days were over.
0: Was it two seasons, Beatty? No,
2: just the one. I'm pretty sure it was just the one. He had a, a an Olympics campaign, which I think was probably a little bit disappointing by, by everyone's sort of opinion there. Like, I don't think it was great in Tokyo. And then the NBL campaign, he had little moments, flashes in the pan. He looked a little bit more towy offensively. I think probably had a little bit more license, a little bit more leash to, to try, some, try and do some stuff. And then obviously this season... He's picked up a whole bunch of DNPs or he's picking up a whole a bunch of garbage time. So it doesn't really matter too much. But obviously going into it, he, he kind of knew what he was getting into and that 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 relationship with Mike Brown, for Mike Brown to reach out and, and bring him back. And he knew what he was going to get in that guy and, and that positive influence that he was going to have in the locker room. So that's more about why he's there. And from Fidelity's perspective, like he's on a minimum deal in the NBA, making... A mil and a half or whatever, which is gonna blow whatever he could have got in the NBL out of the water. So, go get that bag while it's still there for you, man. And, and dude, you
1: you can't understate the value of these kinds of guys. Yeah, the Celtics have it with Blake Griffin, someone yeah. who's willing to sit on the bench, not play for a month in a row, yeah. weeks at a time, and then bang, 19 minutes contributing to a W. Yeah, like, and 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 diving on the floor. These guys are, you know. Yeah. 35, 36, yeah. 37, and they're willing to put their body on the line, and, and like that has a that has a really good big impact on on the team. Like you love seeing your vets get on the ground like that.
0: I'm just waiting for the off season when all of a sudden actual contending teams are like, well, we want to add Delhi to the end of our bench, and like, why not? Well,
1: I mean, the Kings, the Kings are giving them max. Yeah. After yeah. This. <laughs> <I mean. laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I'll take that back.
1: <laughs> yeah, they got that. Yeah, because he'll make. Third team, and so he'll
0: be out <laughs> of but yeah, like yeah. you say, incredible story. Like if you listen to this very podcast a year or two ago, we were convinced that his career yeah. was yeah. over. So yeah. to have him back in the NBA contributing to the third seed and a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 20 years, that's awesome. Anyway, big ups, Delhi. Now Why don't we have a look into that very conference that he is terrorizing because (laughs) it's a logjam. Yeah,
1: man. So that was like every win right now is so big um, for the Suns. Like they, to, to be able to get these wins, like to win a game against Philly that has the MVP, the front runner right now, when you like, you have KD on the bench. Which means you have, you know, obviously all the stuff you traded, which decimated your depth, and the thing you traded for is not playing. Like, any win you can get is so valuable. Um, and so they're now, like, like it's crazy, right? Like, they're one game ahead of the sixth seed. There's an amazing website called NBA Playoffs, or playoffstatus.com that gives all the percentages. The Suns have a 60% chance of the 4 seed, and that's based on like strength of schedule kind of stuff. And then like they're pretty solid, and so like they're they're pretty safe out of the out of the play-in. But like below that, Paul George out to earliest being the playoffs. But the Warriors and the Timberwolves had a big game today. Any any of these Western Conference clashes to get an extra game up on the tiebreaker. You you play someone, they drop a game, you go up. Like it, these games feel like they count for two. Um, they do back. in a sense. Yeah. So Towns is back. Anthony Ed looks looks, looks like baby D way. Jaden McDaniels is taking a little leap here, despite having found trouble today. As bad as the Rudy Gobert trade was, and is, and will be. They're finding the, they're finding themselves a little bit. Three in a row here. Like, Gobert's still good at basketball. I, I, he's a weird watch. Like, anytime the ball gets thrown to him on offense in any way, like, nothing good happens, like, ever. Um, but they're solid on defense. They've got, you know, now that Cat's back, they've got offensive firepower. Like, I can see them being a team that pushes, like, they're now only half a game behind the Warriors. For the sixth seed, I can see them kind of being a team that surges versus some of these other teams that feel like they're fading. Like we might get to the Mavs, who are just kind of you have you have a bad week in the West and you're out of the playoffs. You cannot have that right now. And the Timberwolves feel like they're trending up. Do you think they could like give anyone some some trouble? Like they obviously gave they gave the the Grizzlies a bit of a scare last last playoffs, and it feels like. They've got that. They've got a lot more experience now. Conley's been fantastic for them. Like that was to get D'Lo out and bring in Conley. Like the chemistry with Gobert and just like that leadership, that veteran like stabilizing presence. Like per, really good trade for Tim Conley to salvage what the Gobert trade was.
0: So yeah, that sending out D'Lo, bringing in Conley has made such a gargantuan difference to the fortunes of that team, and it has made Anthony Edwards' job of being that mini Dwayne Wade, as you say, Jake, so much easier. Um, I have long been a backer of Anthony Edwards. I buy into this idea that he sees himself as the man. I see him as the man. I see him as the man because he sees himself as the man so much, (laughs) and, like, I can't deny that. And when he goes out on the court and backs it up the way he has been, I do feel there is light ahead for the Timberwolves. But what I ask is, we've seen now on a number of occasions Cat's value completely warped by how poor he can be on the defensive end and how in a playoff setting he can disappear for stretches at a time. Is this team... Better off flipping Cat and filling oh. out the roster than hanging on to Cat and seeing Whoa. what him and Gobert can do side by side. Brady, I mean, you you can jump in. I mean, we're, I, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna go there.
2: I, I don't think it's necessarily the question to ask, as we're leading into a playoffs campaign for them. Not right now. Well, obviously, it's Not a right bit bigger picture, but I mean, yeah. The, obviously, when they did the Gobert trade, I think everyone could look at that fit and and. Be a little bit intrigued with how that was going to work and the amount of time that cat would maybe play at, at the four spot and what the rotation would be yada yada like i uh, the thing that i probably was optimistic about it with was the fact that at least finch has options and that he's got an out and out defensive center in gobert when he wants to go defensive and obviously he's got a, an attacking offensive force in cat when he wants to score the ball a little bit more so he can put out different kinds of lineups he's also obviously you've touched on conley who's been a a great acquisition i think we're all massive conley fans i think you touched on it as well jake where bringing him over i think if anything does a bit to try and help unlock go there a little bit more because obviously Mm -hmm. they had that that combination in utah for a number of seasons and and were part of very successful regular season teams there um we're all big fans of kyle Anderson on this podcast i think he's another one that just holds it down, solid player, can handle the ball, you, you, you trust him in, in crunch time. So they've got, I think, that, that sort of solid five, six, seven guys, you, you do feel a, a relative level of confidence with. Obviously, there's then maybe the concern that they don't have the, the reps on the board come postseason, but you can level that at pretty much every team in the West, just about. So it, it's not a huge deal, um, but yeah, it's just about, I guess, getting that continuity together, leading into the playoffs and, and getting... Anthony Edwards going and scoring the ball. Uh, I I don't know whether or not that's something that they'll entertain down the road. Trading cat, like maybe, like it, it's it probably a, a, a tricky one because obviously there's got to be a market for him and and what that looks like. I don't know. He's missed a bit of time this year, so we probably want to see him get get some games back under his belt and. and I, I don't even know off the top of my head what his contract situation is if he's tied oh, he up. he just signed a super He just Max. signed a big extension. Yeah, okay. So that's going to make it extremely difficult. So I, I think they're probably more so locked into this team going forward. This is what they are. I just yeah, see it,
0: I guess, as I was so critical of the Gobert trade and I still stand by rightly so. What a ridiculous trade to make. But <laughs> flipping D'Lo out for Conley has somewhat salvaged a bit of the value in on-court value from that trade and flipping Cat in a potential deal where you can recoup some of that stuff you lost from what you gave away to get Cat uh, to get to Gobert, sorry it almost feels like I would be okay with that then. They, they've completely shifted the timeline. You've gone away from Delo and Cat and you've gone in on Gobert, Conley, Anthony Edwards, and who else you can fit around them based off what you get for Cat. And I, I can get around that.
2: Even then, though, if you want to talk about timelines, like obviously Conley and Gobert are on the wrong side of 30, just about, I'm not too yeah. sure about Gobert. Either way, they're, they're older, and Anthony Edwards is 20 or 21, so it's, yeah. it's maybe not quite in line there. But I, I don't know whether that matters so much. I do understand your, your sort of idea in terms of trying to, to use Cat as an asset to, to bring back... Maybe multiple pieces that are going to help you more than, than what Cat alone is going to be able to do. But I don't know. That's obviously a uh, it's easier said yeah. than done kind of thing. Well, it's the,
1: it's a it's big, the wrong
0: question for the time. No, but, but I feel it like is it's an a, appropriate. It's question. a
1: question that's going to be asked. Yeah, it can be asked now. Like it, the playoff run's going to be huge. Yeah, like Conley's Conley's contract, and he has a partial guarantee for next season. So I'm pretty sure he could like opt to, or they could opt to not pick up the full thing so if it doesn't go well does he get out of there and all of a sudden then how you know we're, we're speaking glowingly about how yeah. good Conley's playing and if you lose him it's just too much on Edwards's plate if Conley's not there which is why we like the you like the fit so much Cat um, was not good in the playoffs last season it was no. kind of a disaster so famously he, yeah so this is but it was his first playoffs so like not the first guy not the first star to have a tough time in his first playoff run won't be the last, but and if you want if you want to get some of that value back, well, you know you, you need a good playoff run. You need a good yeah. end of the season here. Eight more games. He's been good. The first two games he's come back in, a clutch, clutch shot to send the Warriors packing today. After the Warriors just pissed all over themselves in the last sixty seconds, um, I like what they've got. with McDaniel's. There's there's some there's something there. I don't know if we've got all star there, but like. He's going to make first-team all-defence.
2: Oh, yeah. He's, he's one of the better yeah. defenders in the league right now, straight up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and the offense is definitely coming along, uh, but I don't know how high of a ceiling that is. It's just rough, man. Like, you watch Utah, and they're so fun. Like, Walker Kessler's amazing. He's literally go Gobert 2.0, but better offensively. And then, obviously, you lose Vanderbilt and Beasley. It's like, it's just a disaster. Um, when you think about it, they would have just had this team plus they could have still made the fucking conley trade but i i don't know i i like them i, I feel like they can be dangerous in the playoffs against a couple of teams but yeah, like i don't see them beating i don't know do, they can beat the grizzlies the grizzlies are a bit they've they've stabilized grizzlies have since char's kind of uh emotional I, turmoil
0: i believe that when it comes to like proper, proper crunch time and there's those certain players that kind of grow in that setting and there's certain players that shrink in that setting, I'm not backing the T-Wolves.
1: But I think it's so funny, you have Cat, who I think you're putting in that box, and then you have- Go
0: Bears right there too.
1: I know, but like then you have guys like Edwards who you just know is one of those guys that like doesn't feel the pressure, wants the pressure.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Which, which, but that—it's almost like this. It's like the, It's like the Donovan Mitchell thing. You know who doesn't give a shit about the pressure is Donovan Mitchell. Like he like turns it up to a whole new level, and I see that with Edwards as well. So I feel like they he they could definitely give a team a scare. I don't know if they can actually win a series against. Like, like maybe they, if they play the Kings, because they're untested as well.
0: But, yeah, potentially.
1: But the Kings are just like.
0: They'll breathing you off fire the on, on yeah. everyone.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't think that's the thing. Like, you're like, oh, maybe you can take advantage of Sabonis down low, but it's like, there is no taking advantage of anyone down low, not even fucking Pat and It's like, come on. <laughs> but
0: yeah. Well, yeah. Timberwolves, I guess <laughs> it remains to be seen. Although, I do promise you, if they don't have like a really decent showing early, this will be the first thing that pops up into. Ter- all the NBA Twitter sphere it'll be okay time to get rid of Cat what can we get back for Cat blah, blah 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 yep
1: and it, it, it but if he doesn't play well it's like you're gonna pay Cat 60 mil
0: yeah you a to lose lose
1: that's tough that's tough
0: um, anyway how yeah. about some of these other teams out in the west we've got the Suns who are sputtering sans KD sans trade
1: they has got a that is treading water It sounds like he's going to be back this week. Okay,
0: that's good. And so
1: that'll be fine. And then Aiton's been missing the last couple of games as well, right? So it's like, they lost to the Kings, and Jock had a great game, but you need Aiton again in that Sabonis matchup. Absolutely. He's just so good. Like, dude, Sabonis is having such a crazy year.
0: Honestly, if it (laughs) wasn't for Nikola Jokic, the world would be screaming about Sabonis. But, like... There's another big man that's European who does the things you do a little bit better, so he just doesn't get any of the props.
1: All right, how about Mavs? Back-to-back losses to the to the Hornets. Beatty, look, you're running low on teams. Nets. <laughs> I mean, the, the the Jazz are fun. I
2: Mavs. I kind of Mavs are out of the playoffs I, as of today. I've come around on my Nets. I'm liking this. Is back to the the, the plucky <laughs> yes. young team. Mikael had like forty something today. Like. That trade, we're going to look back at that in a couple of years and be like, "What were they thinking? Potentially, maybe I don't know. It might not matter. Might not matter if Phoenix can win a championship this year. Who knows? But yeah, look, the Mavs. It's been it's been very deflating. I mean, you're you're the expert when it comes to the Kyrie experience here more than than the the rest of us. And I, I think I've always been eternally optimistic with Kyrie, just because. You know, I followed that first Cavs run and, and to be a part of that, that 2016 championship, and obviously everyone can acknowledge how good he is as a player individually, oh, yeah. but absolutely the track record since at multiple stops has been disruptive. Disruptive influence in the locker room, to say okay. the least. Okay. <laughs> 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 Would a polite way yeah, of putting it. Yeah. Okay, but
1: I, I actually will defend Kyrie on this. Whoa. On this Maverick stop. He was set up to fail. Like, this was a bad trade from a basketball perspective, not just, like, the culture side of things or personality, if you think that's an issue, which I think is fair to question at this point as far as on-court chemistry. But the defense, I don't know how they turned that defense into, like, one of the best in the league last season, but it never really felt like it made sense to me. But then you bring in, like, Christian Wood obviously can't defend, and then you trade your best defender at Finney Smith, and now it is just a disaster. They cannot stop anyone.
0: I, I get it, though. Like, last year, Luca was the man, right? And he still is this year. But last year, he was the sole man. There was nothing else. It was Luca or Bust. So every player on that roster knew full well my job here is to defend my like my life depends on it. Because that's our only hope of staying in the game. Now you've got rid of two of the guys who set the tone in that regard and replaced them with Kyrie. Now Kyrie shares the load with Luca. It's not just Luca. It, that's like a huge fork in what was not a functioning system, but a system that looks better than this one. Um, and it's easy for us to now say the basketball fit is terrible and blah, blah, blah. But when they made the trade, we were not sure if... I was pretty
1: out. I was You're putting out. out. Like offensively, they've—they're not even that good. Like they have to—they—they no, they, they have to be so good on offense to make up for the defense deficiencies. And like, I don't know, man, this Luca thing.
0: We did think there was a possibility they would be that good on offense. I'd, like, it yeah. was within the realms of possibility. But
1: I, just, I don't know if it's Luca. Okay, this is this is the Luca take, right? give me give me Jason Tatum over Luka Doncic Luka does not know how to play any other way than 29 shots most usage in the league can't play off ball, doesn't set screens his defense is disastrous PJ Washington looked like Jason Tatum today it was not awful wrong. and like Brunson's gone having a career year, KP playing awesome, like Vinnie Smith like he's playing great for the Nets. Like how many different types of teams do we need to put around Luca for they're now they're literally the of the twelfth or eleventh seed, whatever it is. Like at some point some of the blame has to fall on him as well.
0: That is the revealing side of the aftermath of this trade, if you will, because as much as Kyrie has been, as Beatty puts it very politely, disruptive in certain locker rooms, <laughs> rooms in his career. The on-court fit was meant to work. We know Kyrie is like a once-in-a-lifetime offensive player on court. So if the Mavs have gone significantly backwards adding one of these players, maybe Luca's not as malleable as we were giving him credit, as incredible as Luca is. Now, Beatty, you're the big Luka stan here. <laughs> this is your time to shine
2: yeah hi
0: it's a tricky one it's a it's a real tricky one like
2: i i just think dallas have not handled it handled it well basically as soon as he, they drafted him and it's been a, a chain link reaction of different decisions that have ultimately not panned out for them and they now they now find themselves at this crossroads and uh, it's hard for me to pan them for the trade too much because i, I feel like before the deadline for a while, everyone was kind of talking about. Well, they need to do something. They need to do something. They're not going as they are currently. Obviously, they lost Brunson in the, the off season. As they are without Brunson, they're, they're not good enough to win a championship. This is a team that was in the conference finals last year. As you guys touched on, one of the best defenses in the league last year. I think we, we're probably more now looking at that as a flash in the pan. But I don't know. At the same time, like. It's,
0: there was promise leading up to that. It's by and large, this,
2: obviously, again, you, a couple of pieces not there anymore. Brunson not there, Finney Smith not there, Dinwiddie not there. You've you've exchanged that for Kyrie, so obviously you expect that to be a, a negative impact. But you know, does that go from top five defense to bottom five defense in the space of a season? No. Like, I, I don't think it does. Like, how much of it is also on on Kidd as a coach and 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 what what he's done and and the players responding? To him, from year one to year two, I, I I probably look at that a little bit as well.
1: I think kid's a disaster of a career. Yeah, and Kidd's I think lost, that's fair. He's
0: lost the
2: right? Uh, it'll be yeah. interesting. Like, okay, so say if they don't make the playoffs, right? Like, do, is that? I think that that becomes a discussion. Like, what they want to do. So he'll forward. he'll
1: be gone. Yeah, I think he's because like they're they're limited with what they can do. But the the sneaky little thing about the Mavericks this season is that their pick, uh, it may have been the Pozingas trade. I'm forgetting him. The Knicks, I believe, have their pick for this year, but it's top 10 protected. Right, okay. If the season ended today, the Mavericks have the 10th best odds in the NBA lottery. So one could argue that they should maybe shut Luka Doncic down and try and
0: slide one or two spots lower. I mean... One could. Everyone should. Because if Luca's not winning a title, they you have might no as well. assets.
1: They have nothing. And if they can yeah, get a, they don't, a yeah. sem- if they can, dude, we saw with the Pelicans, they fucking jumped up that many spots to get Zion. Like anything can happen. But or do you push? You still end up with a lottery pick if you get into the plane and don't get out. But like, take yourself out. That's like, you you cannot look yourself in the mirror. Mark Cuban can do as many protests as he wants because the Mavericks forgot which way they were going. Um,
2: I mean, that ultimately—that cost, that cost them a win, though. Like that is a legit. No, it didn't. That, that cost them a win.
1: It was like it was like halfway in, in through a, the game. In a
2: one-bucket game, and yeah, but, ultimately, yeah, but like it it, 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 factually cost them a win. Like in no, the no, no, grand no. scheme of things, it doesn't it, really the Mavs, matter.
1: The Mavs, hit a garbage three with like eight seconds to go, which made it a five-point game.
2: Yeah, like it was. It's fucking classic. Look, I do, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but like it's—I uh, it, uh, don't—I I still think that the, the fit between Luca and, and and Kyrie on paper, it's going to work, right? I, the other thing, right? You just haven't—you yeah. haven't seen them. We're like, don't don't you just miss the last week and a half yeah. or so? Or he's just come back. Um,
1: Kyrie's been out as, Kyrie's
2: as well. Kyrie's missed games. Like, I, I just don't think they've got depth. They—they they, no, they they don't. don't have the depth, and, and that's ultimately long and short of it. I, we were talking before we started recording. I. I think everyone kind of secretly thinks that Kyrie is not going to stay. He's not going to re-sign in the off-season. No so it, it, obviously they did that trade as a, as a all chips are in. Let's just see if well, it works, a, and it hasn't worked.
1: He, he might stay just because the Mavericks will maybe have no choice but to offer him the max. Yeah, and how many other teams are going to do that?
2: That's a good point. Yeah.
1: So there's that. Um, that doesn't mean he'll be there for four years, obviously. It
2: doesn't fill yeah. you with with optimism going forward, though, given the no. last the small sample size that we've had so far of, of, of this yeah. version of the Mavs.
1: You come back with this version of the roster again, and the ninth overall pick in the draft, and another mid mid level exception big man because Javale McGee was a, a disaster Which signing. Was a that was another thing. Yeah, what a what a there was multi year contract yeah. too.
2: I I really think in that entire time since drafting or trading for for Lucas draft rights, I I think that what maybe Josh Green has been and obviously Brunson as well until they've just recently lost him. But like that that's been the only two kind of bright spots in in front office decisions for for the map since. I know. And Josh Green's only starting to come good now.
1: Yeah. And Jaden Hardy He's playing well for them, yeah. But it's like, where? Why has he been sitting on the bench all season while you
2: guys suck this much? Yes, yeah, I've thought that as well. I think I've and like fucking
1: Justin Holiday will be starting over Josh Green,
2: and it's like, what are we doing? That's on kid though. I know it's on kid. kid.
1: I'm not saying it's. Oh, this is this is. I I like to you know fuck around with uh, the Lucas stuff because I have my own agenda purposes um, with the Tatum thing. But between kid and the front office. Like, there's plenty of blame to go around here. Yeah. Top to bottom. Luka included.
2: I don't really... I don't know. To to hit the Luka thing, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, we just haven't seen him in another environment, so it's very hard to to say, right? I don't... I I think your point is fair about, like, obviously, that he's had different iterations of the team in Dallas around him, but for the most part, they've kind of always just played relatively the same and that it's it's always been... Sort of that heliocentric thing with him. And and that makes sense because he's so good. But at the same time, historically, across the rest of the league, it it probably hasn't been super successful in terms of converting to to winning championships. But on the other side of the coin, you know, I I feel like Luca is just a player and he's not... He's not he's not the GM here choosing who he's playing with. Yeah. So you know, it's all well and good to make that comparison to to Tatum there. But like, you know, I, I think Jalen Brown is probably double the player of of the next best guy that Lucas ever yeah. played with up but, until Kyrie now. So
1: And I think part of it too, right? Lucas only twenty four, as as like incredible as he is, we almost, you know, fairly been treating him like a top five, top ten player basically since his second year in the league. He's been MVP favorite so many years in a row but like you know understanding what you need to get wins like I know I can drop 40, 12 and 15 like on any given night but like that's maybe not what's best for my team he hasn't had the right coaching like who's going to put him in a situation where and it, it kind of it worked with Brunson last year but like you know who's the coach and who? what's the roster where it makes more sense for Luka to be off the ball and who's going to actually Put a system in place where it actually works. I I, I, know.
2: I, I think it, it I think it will come because I think you do see that with these guys, right? They hit a certain age where they they still haven't had any success, and by that, obviously, I, I'm really just talking about championships at this point because he's he's had the playoff run now. And and I mean, Giannis went through that. I think Jokic is still kind of going through that. He's a two-time MVP, and yet you know we're still kind of waiting to see what happens in the playoffs this year. Exactly. So yeah. it's 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 this weird kind of period in in a player's career where they have to navigate that. And, and as you said, Jake, what version of of, of that looks the best for them and, and success as a team, rather than just putting up big numbers. Trauma in Before-
0: Dallas. Before we move on, fellas, Beatty, who was that coach that the Cavs hired when they first got LeBron back and he was from Europe and he was meant oh, to implement a European flat. style?
1: plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's the answer. No, nah, anyway.
2: I, I don't I don't know, bro. I don't I, <laughs> no,
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I,
2: the other thing that kinda <laughs> I, and I, I think I touched on this the last time we I recorded. I, I like I would have I would love to pull up some YouTube tape of what Real Madrid looked like his last year in Europe. Because I it, it surely is not what no, what, definitely he, not. what we've seen of him in the NBA. And obviously to me that why can't we get back to some semblance of that? And as you said, Josh, then what's the coach, Watch the what's the teammate situation that is going to best support that, I, I don't know, I think Dallas are far away from that in both both accounts, so it's it's going to be a, a process, I don't think they're going to be competing for a championship any time in the, the near future, so it's 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 one to watch for sure.
0: Well, why don't we now pivot over to the East, because as much as there's a hella log jam in the West, and there is, there is quite the battle up top of the East as well, Roughly three teams deep, would you agree, Jake?
1: This is what the people come for. This is the main attraction of the twenty twenty three season, right here, (laughs) the Eastern Conference. These are the these are the two best teams in the NBA. They play the Eastern Conference. I would agree with that. And there's a potential third. We get a matchup between Philly and Denver tomorrow, which will be very fun. The rematch of Jokic and Embiid, but um, I think this is the push and pull of the season. It's like, how are you feeling about the Celtics? How are you feeling about the Bucks? For me, Celtics fan, the Bucks like pl- have a much more stable baseline for a regular season. It's just like day to day, week to week. Giannis, and this is mostly like driven by Giannis, True Holiday as well. But, like his kind of impact and intensity and effort doesn't really wane. On a day-to-day basis, like you know, you get what you're getting from from him. The C's and they've been doing this for pretty much the entirety of Tatum's career. There is like they have like between two to four stretches where they're like, "What's wrong? What's what's wrong with the Celtics? Why did they just lose to the Rockets? Why did they just lose? Why do they just blow three twenty-point leads in two weeks?" Um, but for, to me, they have the highest ceiling as a team. Like, when Boston's playing their best, their defense is the most versatile. And offensively, when you've got Jalen and Jason going at the same time and the weapons they've surrounded them with, like, Horford, I mean, Josh. Come on. Please, you're preaching to the choir here. He's leading the NBA in three-point percentage. And Bogdan's like three. So, it's like, now we've surrounded the Jays with elite, elite shooting. And... The defense has just kind of been chugging along. They're fourth in the league, and it feels like they haven't been defending very hard. And so much of that is just like Tatum hasn't really been defending that much. And when he turns it up from regular season to playoff defense, the team just looks completely different, especially um, when he's locked in on that end. So it's like, you're going to get one or two games in a series where the Celtics look weird, but it doesn't matter. You can still lose those two if you can win four other ones.
0: That was kind of going to be my point around the Celtics this year, Jake. Even though I would absolutely agree that they have a higher ceiling this year and their roster is better this year, there is something about the every single night defensive excellence of last year that I'm missing. Um, I don't know if it's just Eme was very comfortable calling everyone out and Jermazula is not quite that guy. but it feels like there is a gear or an intensity that just hasn't quite been the same this year. And maybe it is just a switch that they got to flip when they get to the playoffs, like you say, and Tatum is defending playoff style. But from purely what I've seen in the regular season, I think I'm still, with my preseason prediction, I'm in the camp of the Bucks.
1: Yeah, that's... I think that's. I wouldn't fault anyone for picking Giannis the best player in the world. The deep, but they, last year they had to play that hard on defense because they were the fucking eleventh. Yeah. They were the eleventh seed in January, and they had to bust their balls. And then they ran out of gas.
0: In Maybe the finals. that's it. Maybe no, that's yeah. It.
1: And like, I don't want them trying. I don't want them playing that hard on defense. That we don't need to play that hard on defense right now.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: you know, Al Horford's not playing back to backs. You know, we're we're coasting along. Um, which is where I feel like the Bucks they I feel like their gear they have another gear to get to because Giannis plays more minutes, etc. But right. I feel like the Celtics have another gear defensively to get to that they haven't really showed that much this year. Bait right, Doug, I know you love the Celtics, where are you at? <laughs> On the big East here.
2: I, I don't know, it's an interesting one because I like the the whole notion of playoffs versus regular season and, and, and whatnot. I, I kinda have this perception with Boston that I, I think that they I, I, one, I agree with you. I, I think that they don't really need to be balls to the wall right now. Obviously, they are one of the best teams in the league, and, and in terms of playoffs and all that, all that's locked in. They're going to be there. They're not. They're not chasing their tails in January and, and having to turn into this godlike team just to just to ensure their their playoff run. Um, but at the same time, I I don't know. Come playoffs, whether or not they they've got. That extra, like I, I think, so much of their their offense is 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 reliant on. I shouldn't say reliant, but I think they pick up a lot of stuff in transition, and it's because of their defense. Their defense is so good, and they generate turnovers, and they get out and run. And it's it's it got them to Game Six of the finals last year. Right, and I, I just don't know whether or not that is if they're gonna have the. I don't want to say luck, but if they're gonna be able to do that again this year, like if Milwaukee are fit. If if obviously Middleton was missing last year, we always harp on about that. But I think if if they're fit, it it, it maybe is a different proposition. And and, and once it starts to get bogged down in the half court, if the other team is looking after the ball and they're not turning the ball over, what does it start to look like? And I think Jalen and Jason have had great games where they they look like absolute studs and and are dominant, but then they also have games where they're, they're maybe not. And that's probably where I start to fall short on them. And it, it's, that's that's probably the... the th- and the other one as well you touched on, I think Rob Williams is, is super important for them in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that they can't win a championship if he's not available. And so managing his minutes and his load or whatever that looks like, if that means he's playing 15 minutes a night, then then do that because you, you would rather have 15 minutes of him than, than not having him at all. So I, I, that's a tricky one for Missoula and how they want to do that. But I mean, I... I think they're they're thereabouts right. I I, I agree with Josh, and I'm more I'm I've, I've, I've Team Milwaukee here. I, I think that they are the the best team, but at the same time, it's it's a regular season, so in that sense, I agree with you. It's doesn't really matter until we, we start seeing it in the playoffs. But I, I, I back them in the playoffs because I think they've got a team full of vets who have done it before, or you know whatever it may be. They've got a, a team with the runs on the board, so I back them in that regard.
1: Look. But, Assuming we get Celtics bucks, it's gonna be a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. Like one way or another, it's gonna go seven, six or seven games. In like, Giannis is gonna go have a fifty-point triple-double. Yep. Tatum and Jalen are gonna go off. True Holiday's gonna have moments. Like.
0: And the- Brook Lopez is back. Dude, he's, he's, having a, he's having a he's having a whale of a season. Yeah.
1: Lopez yeah. and Horford are like these. It's so cool. These like these Renaissance X factors from these guys that have like remolded. Yeah their their play style and like are so important on the two best teams in the league. But like I know you, you say that about the Celtics offense, but the Bucks offense, it like you don't think of them as having trouble on offense, but they always they always have had weird half court offense issues. Like on the season, their what are they? Their offensive ra- like rating is where even are they? They're seventeenth which is really weird and like last 15 they're 8th like they don't have a great offense it's been mostly about their defense and so like statistically they're not that much better and I said this in the chat on the backdoor cart. it's like they have to play like obviously Giannis, Lopez Drew, Middleton and that 5th spot whether it's I like, I like all those guys when you get to the highest leverage points it's like you've got is it Grayson is it Jingles is it uh, Javon Carter is it Bobby Portis? I just feel like Boston is slightly more complete, like with their lineups. Like there's there's not any one way issues. Like Ingles, you can attack on one end. Who's been incredible, by the way. Like he could have easily have won um, Rose Gold. Rose gold yeah. He's really opened up the offense for them, I think. And so look, you, you can argue either way. Obviously, I'm yeah, like I believe in the Celtics. But like, I, I go back to last year and people are like, we didn't have Middleton. Rob was injured. We added Malcolm Brogdon, who's been fantastic. Derek White's a completely different player this year. Like, he was good last year, but he's like, unreal this season. And then Jalen and Jason are both better again. Like, don't like these guys are 25, 26 years old. Like, Jalen's having a career year. Tatum's going to end up in the top five of the MVP race again. So I think Boston's actually quite a bit better sneakily. Um... This season,
2: so I think, I think they could. I think yeah. it just depends as well on the version of Boston that we get. Because I, I think I, I, don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you that if they play to their best and their full potential, then yeah, sure, I could see it. But I, I, I just I, and again, maybe this is just because I've, I've never been a Boston guy. But I, <laughs> I, I tend to lean that you know, in in the big moment, it's just not going to work out for them for whatever reason. I don't like it. Might be a Marcus Smart game where he just. Like I feel like he has for all the talk about guys getting better, I feel like he hasn't been one of those guys this year. He's maybe dropped off a little bit. So it's it's sort of like if he can play to what we know the best version of he is, and you you say that for every other guy on their team, then yeah, I, I can see them win a championship.
0: I don't think Marcus Smart's necessarily not improved. He just hasn't had to do nearly as much. With Brogdon and Derek White taking on, no, he's, such a no, he's been hole. he's
1: bad. dropped off. He's been he's dropped off this year. Um, part, of, I mean, he obviously missed a bunch of time with the injury, and defensively hasn't been anywhere close to like he won defensive Maybe player that's of the year. It.
0: Maybe that's why I feel like it's off this year. He hasn't been
1: Marcus Smart. Something's
0: on not oh, right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's like, and again, flip the coin, Bucks Celtics series, right? Um, but Marcus hasn't been that good. But again, a guy that's been that's played so many fucking playoff games. I know he'll turn it around. Um, a team we haven't really spoken about as a contender here, Philadelphia 76ers.
0: That's because I don't think they're a contender.
1: But no, so he, no, no,
0: no. I take it back. Here's they, the thing:
1: like if they they play the Bucks really well, for whatever reason, they seem to play Milwaukee well.
0: Like well, the it's Ma- that Giannis can't just roll to the rim. There's yeah. a gargantuan seven-footer standing right in front of it.
1: So, like, I'm praying that we can catch Milwaukee for the one seed and then it pushes them down to the 2 3. And it's like, Philly, Philly could beat them. I, they could, I think they, they, I
0: think they, they could, could do. Them. They could do. But I still think when it comes down to crunch time, Giannis and his team of fellow championship winners will figure it out over a team that's still reliant on 12 to 15 James Harden assists at night which might not come in the playoffs.
1: He's now injured and, like, it's it didn't look good in the last game that he played before the injury. And it's like, are we doing this again? Are we with the Sixers and the fucking James Harden?
0: Yeah, I, I, I still don't see it. Like, maybe he'll fight a bit harder this year. You'd fucking hope so because last year's playoffs were pathetic. <laughs> but I I can still see the breaking point, so to speak. We've seen James Harden's breaking point every year for 10-15 years except that year he made the finals with Thunder which ironically had nothing to do with him but um, yeah a team that reliant on James Harden I can't put them in the same category as I can Celtics and the Bucks who like have so many ways to do it both of them Um, Philly's pretty one dimensional for my taste.
2: I think the other one as well you kind of touch on the seeding and how it might play out for matchups as we progress through the rounds and like I, I don't know I understand your perspective as a Boston fan but like yeah. you'll you'll be the first to tell us as well Boston aren't scared of Philly oh, no. and it's not it's as much as it's played up as this rivalry like if you pull out and I'm, again I don't know off the top of my head but I feel like Boston always beats them oh, and it's we like, own them I know, well, you know I, this season I know that it's, it's you, obviously you probably want to try and prolong that Seedings wise, so if it happens, you'd rather ha- happen in round three, or you rather Milwaukee have to go through them first, and then you get yeah. them beat them beat them up. But I I don't know. Like I think you can. At, the whole point of this this segment is that the, we think that there's three teams in the East, and uh, I just I think that Philly are well and truly on the third of those teams. I agree with you, Josh. I don't. I probably push comes to shove. I probably don't really take them that seriously, and and I don't want to dismiss them because it would be huge if they could they could be one of the teams to get into the conference finals. But, Me too. Yeah.
0: Like James Harden, has, if it's going to happen, this is the time for it to happen, if it's going to happen. So I don't want to knock them because it's not impossible. They do have a lot of talent on this team and they play hard. But like, as I say, in the playoffs, you have to have multiple different ways to go about it if one's not working and I don't see that. Maybe it's a doc thing. It's,
1: well, there's there's the doc piece of it as well. You don't trust that. And with Embiid, right? I mean, talk about gargantuan, Josh. I mean, his season is out of this world. He's averaging damn near 40 points in the month of March on crazy, crazy shooting splits. And the Sixers have been on a tear. And they gave Boston a little scare here to grab the two seed back. And they lose two in a row. They play the Warriors yesterday, two days ago, and there's no James Harden, obviously, but and Embiid's going off, like he's had like a 44 point triple-double almost. But then the last like two, three, four minutes, it's like the doubles start coming, he starts to look gassed, the the turnovers start to get a little sloppy, and then the next day, the back-to-back against the Suns, he does not look like he wants to be anywhere near the court, and obviously it's a back-to-back, but the playoffs are a fucking war. War of attrition, and I just don't, like if your two guys are Embiid, and Harden. So much of this team is so unathletic. PJ Tucker, Tobias Harris. Like, the Jalen McDaniels trade's been kind of bad. Bible was at least good at defense. Jalen McDaniels can't guard a single J, can't guard Drew Holiday, and he's shooting 22% from three since he's gotten there. So that hasn't worked out. I just, like, they have, like, Maxi's great, disaster on defense.
0: Like, you, you need to get essentially the best version of every last one of them for 48 minutes every game or they're not going to be able for to get three, it
1: three four rounds in a row
0: yeah
1: i just don't see and that's
0: it, it. yeah like you say jake this if the sixes have proven one thing not just this year where they have looked good but in every year gone pie it's that as long as you can keep the score tight at the end of the game Embiid could very well mis- make a mistake at the end of the game. He could get doubled. He could get gassed, and that's it. You win the game, even if he scored fifty to get them to that point. So yeah, I, I still need to see a bit more. I still see the Bucks and Celtics. I'm going to put the Bucks at the tippy top, but it could go either way.
1: Wouldn't be backdoor cut if it was me versus Josh and Beatty on the Celtics, would <laughs> it? <laughs> no, Beatty. I, 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 I see Giannis line. with
0: the look in his eyes, man. And look, that's I've,
1: that. Never, I've never been. I was gonna say I've never been more scared of anybody, but I think I'm more scared of Steph Curry than in Giannis. Like I just, what he game five or just.
0: But he's up there. You wouldn't yeah, oh, want to come yeah. up against him.
2: The, the the Giannis one, right? And maybe this will be a factor. In fact, I I think it definitely will be a factor. Is like how's his free throw shooting going to be? Because it was a factor Fine. a couple of years. I don't know, dude. Like. He, gets, he just gets in his head a little bit and then we have this whole situation again where he might get fouled and centre the line 15, 20 times and he just can't make anything. And then all of a sudden, now that offence, I'm concerned. I'm con- if, if He's yeah. if, if not being able to convert. Like,
0: Have you noticed the narrative this season, though, of Giannis himself kind of publicly keeping himself humble? Like, oh, yeah. oh I've got no skills. Like, these guys are better than me. And I know. Blah, 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 blah.
1: I'm, I, enough you're the best player in the league let's just no no
0: no i know that but is is there an element to this where he's not letting himself get comfortable like he wants to be chasing constantly so he can feel that like the championship year i
1: think he's crazy and he's constantly working hard
0: (laughs) i I think you're right
1: you
2: know i think that's Um, a shit attitude that maybe some other players or some other people involved in the league have regarding him and it's, it's a bit silly when you consider what he's done at this point already yeah. and, and what's still to come, hopefully, for him in, in his career.
1: Yeah, what you know about Giannis is he's going to... I think you just, you're going to have to go through Giannis at some point yeah. Like in the East just because like they're always going to be a one or a two seed because he, he doesn't have a half-speed button. Like, T- like. Tatum definitely has a half-speed button. No,
0: absolutely it, no question. Yeah, Giannis, it's like 45 points a game for the month. Yeah. exactly forty-five every single game,
1: and like, that's okay. Tatum is not Giannis, and that like, that's it's okay to not be like this seven-foot super freak athlete. That's basically the modern-day Shaq. Like that's that's all right. Um, but yeah, you you got to go through the Greek freak. I think that's I think that's totally fair.
0: That's a guarantee. Well, fellas, are there any closing thoughts before we wrap up? This this episode of Backdoor Cut and check in again next week.
1: Man, well, next week we're going to be right at the pointy end. Oh like yeah, three four games kind of left, and
0: could the be whole looking. the whole West could still be up for grabs. I know, I know. So
1: yeah, who knows? We might we might have to try and push the pod back like two days, just because like we'll have more answers. But um, I'm excited.
0: Best time of year. Best playoff time, time well, maybe. just short of playoff time. That's the best yeah. time of year. Yes, yes, almost there. So. Anyway, thanks, fellas. Pleasure. You've been tuned in to Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. All three of us will catch you back here next week for another check-in, pre-playoff edition. Until then...